Next on BYU Sports Nation, we give our thanks to you with a Thanksgiving best of show. We relive some of our favorite moments. Plus, what are you most thankful for, BYU Sports Nation? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Let us give thanks for the holiday. Football, family, food. That's it's a great day. Yeah. I love Thanksgiving. You get, to, you get to take some time to realize what you've, uh, you know, the blessings you've got, hanging out with family, food, football. It's tremendous. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. If you haven't figured it out already, it is Thursday, November 27th, and Thanksgiving. Jerem, do you have like a go-to Thanksgiving tradition? Not really, because those have kind of gone away, because I got married, and I'm always here. And you work in so sports. So not as much, yes. But I do love pumpkin pie. That's the one thing that I love the most on Thanksgiving is pumpkin pie. I love the family aspect, you know, even though it's, it's not typical because we're in sports broadcasting, and it's kind of a weird schedule, and there's always games on holidays and stuff. But there is still some family around, and then the pie factor. I love my wife's key lime pie, uh, homemade rolls, good grief. Yeah, it's this holiday is is something to celebrate for sure. Join our conversation twenty four seven using the hashtag BYUSN. We are simulcast in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Jordan Leslie is a really great person. I have come to learn that even in the almost season that he's been at BYU, transferred from UTEP, but he's thank made goodness, an impact. Thank goodness he came to BYU. Oh, he's made a huge impact this year. He talked to me after the Boise State game and said. Hey, when are you going to have me on the show again? And I'm thinking, after Boise State, you just lost 55-30. to 30. Why in the world would you want to come on BYU Sports Nation? Well, he, he wanted to because he wanted to set things straight and talk about how the Cougars would turn around the season. Not many players, after four straight losses, are, uh, are ready to take on this challenge. Why did you feel like, you know what, I need, I need to go on your show? You know, I, I kind of understand you know, how the fans can be and how they're upset. And uh, we're just disappointed, too, and I kind of want to be on here and you know, tell them that we're fighting and we're trying, and uh, we're going to get this turned around. How do you, uh, I guess, where do you start when you, when you try and turn it around? You know, it, everyone needs to you take accountability of yourself, and that's what we need to do, first of all, and kind of look at what we can do to help the team. I mean, there's no, no reason to point fingers. And Coach Price used to say, uh, you know, when one finger's pointing at you, there's three more pointing back at you. Or one, when you're pointing at yeah, one yeah. person, three are back at you. Yeah. You know, that's kind of a thing we all need to do. And, you know, I think we're doing that, and it's going to be great for us. Jordan Leslie with us on BYU Sports Nation. What do you want to happen this week uh, to show BYU Sports Nation and the fans and the players and the coaches that, uh, that you're for real, that, that uh, you are going to turn things around? You know, of course, coming out, you know, scoring the first drive, you know, getting a defensive stop first drive would be great. And, uh, of course, finishing the game with a, you know, a, a big lead would be perfect for our fans. But I think, you know, I think we just want to come out and execute each play and do just be assignment sound. Why, why did you want to come on the show? And I, I know you said, hey, I, I want to send a message. But what, what is it inside of you that was like, you know what, I, I don't care that we lost four straight. I'm still going to talk. You know, you kind of have that competitive edge to you, and you kind of want to show people – you know, you're not, you're not going to sit and hide. You're going to come out and show your face and be ready, for, be ready for the next game. I know a lot of people uh, are obviously in your corner, Jordan, and uh, you put yourself out there on social media. Um, you hold yourself accountable for things. People respect that. They appreciate that clearly. 
But given what you've gone through in your football career, you started at UTEP, played well, didn't really reach the pinnacle with that team. You decided to come to BYU, start 4-0. You're in the top 20. Now that you've, now you've lost four straight, what has this done to you as an individual? How has, how has this adversity helped you? You know, throughout your whole life, you go through adversity and stuff like that, and you kind of just got to keep growing and keep moving forward. And I think, you know, being at UTEP and even in high school, you know, losing games, it, it brings something out of you to make you want to keep going. I mean, it's, it's tough. You know, a lot of people would give up, but this, this shows, you know, determination and a competitive edge that, you know, every player needs to have. And I think that's great. And I think our team is going to, you know, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but we're going to come out stronger. You are a player, so this question will be uh, maybe a little different for you. But our Twitter question today is, how would you describe your emotional state as a BYU fan? I'll change it for you as a BYU player. Uh, like I said, you know, we're facing adversity. Um, it's, it's a struggle. You know, I know our fans are disappointed and, you know, there's no one that wants to, you know, uprise our fans more than me. You know, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, take that on. And I know our team is ready and we're going to come out strong. And, you know, it's, it's disappointing, but, I mean, there's no, no reason to dwell on the past. We have to keep going. BYU senior wide receiver Jordan Leslie is on BYU Sports Nation. Jordan, what has been the best part of your decision to transfer to BYU through eight games now? You know, uh, uh, first is the team, of course. I mean, Band of Brothers. You know, I love being on this team. Uh, we all get along pretty well. You know, it's kind of it's, it's something that not a lot of teams have, and that's always great. And then, of, of course, the fans. You know, the fans are very uplifting, very passionate, and that's great to have. I mean, at every away game, we have a whole section of fans. So, I mean, that's always always a plus. So that's that's good. And then, you know, one thing I, I really liked is the Thursday Heroes. I mean, I, that's made a big impact on my life, hmm. just kind of seeing us, how we can help uh, other people. And, you know, a lot of teams will, will do it and they'll have like a whole big ESPN thing about it. But we just do it every week. We want to uplift somebody every week. And I feel like that's the greatest thing about being here. Against Utah State, if I'm not mistaken, the first play was the uh, 53-yarder to you. Was that, yes, that sir. game? Right? Yes, sir. Do you go into that first play, regardless of what Robert and I says in every game, and just go, hey, hey, it's Christian. Remember what happened against Utah State? Is that ever in the conversation? Oh, no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Christian has his reads and stuff like that. And like, of course, the read is to me, man. <laughs> I, would never, I would never sit there and tell him that. But, uh, you know, me and Christian have a relationship. Uh, we're actually, we all paired up, and he's actually my brother on the team. So nice. we have a good relationship and stuff like that. And uh, I know there's no one, you know, that wants to get this turnaround like him. You know, he, he's come in. I think he's played great. Every game he's improved. And that's one thing you want to see from your quarterback. And I know he has the passion, that edge to want to keep going and to – to turn this around. What is his, uh, I know you say he has passion, but what are the conversations like with Christian? You know, I, I've heard a number of times from him and his family, this is a dream come true to be the starting quarterback at BYU finally. Things haven't exactly gone the way that he wanted. So what, what is the mindset of the quarterback right now as you talk to him? Uh, you know, every week he wants to get better. And it's funny, at the beginning of the season, we kind of met with our brothers and kind of talked about what we wanted to do and kind of goals. And, you know, his one goal was to play in a game and to throw a touchdown in, uh, in Lavelle Stadium. And, it, I mean, he had it. And, of course, he wants, a, he wants a win too. And, you know, hopefully we can get that next home game. But, yeah, he, he's, every game he's, he's getting better, he's improving, and every week he kind of takes it on himself to, to get the team together, to get us to keep going. He kind of took that leadership role that Taysom had, and, you know, I think he's doing a great job. The big question becomes, in a lot of people's minds at this point, without a conference, what is BYU playing for? So what are you guys playing for in these final four regular season games? You know, I, I hear that a lot. And, of course, you know, we have four more games, so we can end eight and four. 
and we can go to a bowl game and end up 9-4. and four. And, of course, that's – I mean, no one's just sitting, oh, we can't go BCS or we can't do this. You know, let's just throw away the season. Let's just try to get two wins and go to a bowl game. I mean, no one's thinking that way. I mean, we all have competitive nature to want to keep going to win a game. So we're taking it game by game to, you know, next one, Middle Tennessee. Go in there, execute, and, you know, go after there. When you see the disappointment collectively from fans, some of them rational, some of them not rational – what does that do to you as a player? What, what do you use it as motivation uh, to to go and work harder or play harder? Because it's, I don't think it's from what I've seen. It's not that you aren't working hard right now. Obviously, you want something to change. But what what does that do to you as a team uh, that you can try and spin forward as a positive? You know, I, I can tell you, uh, we're definitely working hard. I mean, that's you know, every 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 day's you know a grind and. You know that kind of motivates you. You wanna, you don't want to disappoint your fans. That's the number one thing. You know, seeing people upset. You know, you wanna, you wanna make them happy. They spend the money to come see you. They, they support you. You wanna make them happy. And you know, obviously, these last four weeks we haven't, and it, it just makes it more difficult because we started four and zero, and there was so, so much, you know, expectations, and we kind of it fallen. And uh, we need to just rise up again. And uh, we're gonna go in this week and practice. You know, like it's fall camp again and try to mm. try to turn it around. The Universe, the school news- newspaper, ran an article saying uh, th- they gave like the top 15 or something most attractive players <laughs> on the team. You were number 11. <laughs> did you hear about this? Yes, I, I, I saw this. What did you this. think of being named number Are 11? Are you underrated, Jordan? You know, I, I thought it was a little underrated, but I mean, <laughs> you didn't hear that from me. We just did hear it from you. That's 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 a, off mic, off mic. <laughs> that's a fair response. Uh, who sh- who should be number one on that list? Who's the best looking dude? <sighs> I have to say Craig Bills. It's, that's my guy. Craig Bills. Craig all Bills. Right. Yeah, he's he's my good friend. We did that BYU All Access right, thing together. Right. Hmm. He's, he's a good looking guy. You know, how, I, I can I think, can say that confidence. Yeah. How how do you look? Uh, or how do you think you did with Craig on the ESPN U All Access? You know, I haven't seen it yet. I you actually, haven't seen it. I haven't seen what, it. Were yet. you busy preparing for a game? I was busy preparing for a game. Oh. Craig said, it, "Craig said it went pretty well." Yeah. So I'm gonna have to still check it out. I gotta. I thought gotta you executed it at a high level. Oh, thank you. Thank I you. thought you gave it 110. percent It was great. Yeah, I thought yeah. I, my level yeah, of yeah. attractive people would have went up, but <laughs> yeah, I guess I thought, I thought guess you went not. up to number seven after <laughs> that. But speaking of, uh, I don't know if you saw this. We tweeted this out earlier. Oh, but great! Here we go. Spencer Linton. This is a still frame from right before the interview with. Williams. <laughs> this little blue steel Zoolander. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> look at what do you think of Spencer's look from uh, Friday night? I gotta tell you, Spencer, you have some of the, the coolest suits I've seen. Thank you. Always, Thank you. You're always dressed real nice. And you know, I'm have to, after the season, I'm about to get with you, see where you go. Okay. I'm about to get my own suits because you're always looking pretty spiffy. And, Thank and you. this is the point where you plug Express, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and H M Cole and yeah no there 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 are some places that the, blue steel never that, that, hurt are, that are taking care of me. Jordan, I talked to you and your mom after the game. Your mom's a really energetic, uh, ambitious, exciting person to be around. She does a lot of traveling uh, to support her family to watch uh, what has become a very athletic family between you yourself and uh, and Jimmy Butler, who plays for the Chicago Bulls. How in the world does your mom? Manage that schedule, traveling to watch all of her boys play in their games. Oh, you know, she she, she loves all the traveling stuff. Like she, of course, she loves to to be with us. And uh, actually, this weekend, my birthday's Friday. I was going to say it's your birthday on Friday. Friday. My birthday's Thursday. What's up? Thirtieth, thirty first. There yeah, we go. Awesome. So yeah, my birthday's Friday. So she'll actually, I gave her a little hard time because she's actually going to be 
you know, seeing my brother's first game and then coming to mine Saturday. So I just missing my birthday. It kind of broke my heart a little. And <laughs> see who the, fa- see who wow. the favorite is a little bit. Yeah. At, Jimmy, you know, at Jimmy's? Yeah, Jimmy's probably the favorite, I guess. <laughs> now, now we, I guess. Ha- we haven't discussed this with you, and I've heard about but I haven't actually asked you about this, but the like Jimmy Butler is... You called him your brother. He's mm-hmm. your brother. It's like the blind side. Yeah, basically. Like, I mean, what, you, what is that? If you kind of break it down, yeah, it's just, just kind of basically the blind side. Uh, I was a freshman in high school. You know, he kind of didn't have a place to live. I kind of invited him in. And, you know, ever since then, you know, after a few times of, oh, can you spend the night? Oh, just another night. It just kind of turned into, you know, every night. And then kind of, you know, we basically adopted him. And, awesome. you know, it was kind of, you know, I respect my mom a lot because. You know, it's easy for a kid to say, oh, let my friend come spend the night every day right. and stuff like that. But yeah. for her to take him in, she has such a big heart. And, you know, she takes him in as her own. And, I mean, there was Christmases. He was getting more presents than the rest of the family. Missing your birthday now. <laughs> now you're getting your birthday Yeah, now I'm getting my birthday missed. It's <laughs> just getting ridiculous around here. How do you not love the story about Jordan's family taking on Jimmy Butler? But he missed his birthday? His mom missed Jordan Leslie's birthday? That's wild. Come on, Mom! (laughs) Not really. It's all good. Up next, Harvey Uma on BYU Sports Nation's Thanksgiving special. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you wherever and however you're dialed in. About, I don't know, 51, 52 hours from now. Countdown to kickoff against Cal starts at 3.30 Eastern Saturday as BYU Travels to Berkeley to take on the Bears. You'll be there. BYU still has a chance to get to nine wins in this season. Somehow. (laughs) It's going to be a tough game against Cal. After a horrible October. But the possibility is still there to go and beat Cal and then win the Miami Beach Bowl. Now, you and Brian had the chance to talk to Harvey Unga, who uh, was very candid. And he always is. I I love that about him. The same week that we talked to Jordan Leslie, Harvey had a strong message to deliver to the football team. It didn't take many words to get it across. Here's that interview. We've been talking about kind of the state of BYU football right now, four-game losing streak, uh, people really anxious for a win tomorrow against Middle Tennessee. What, what do you expect from BYU tomorrow in the game? A freaking win. I'm praying for a win, and, and I know these guys are capable of it, but it just, man... Unfortunately, luck hasn't been running their way. Um, things just, you know, haven't been clicking on all cylinders defensively. Uh, but, you know, hopefully they, they pull together, they rally around each other and, and you know, make this uh, above 500 season because right now it's, it's a little rough right now. Why do you think tomorrow could be different for BYU? Finally get a win without Taysom Hill. Um, man. It's it's not good when it, you hesitate this long, Harvey. Well, <laughs> you know, to be honest, I'm not I'm not well, I'm not thinking about Taysom Hill. To be honest, you know, I, I, when people sit there and, and worry about you know the season because of Taysom Hill, it, it's hard for them to. I don't know. I, I don't think of this as a Taysom Hill season. It's right now. I think defensively, we need to focus on that more than anything. Mm-hmm, yeah. Offensively, you know, we're putting up points. Um, we're you know we're moving the ball around. We uh, total offense. Yeah, I think we're doing great. But defensively, I think we just we've been struggling. So if anything, I, I um, you know I, I trust Christian, and I I feel like he's he's doing a great job uh, in his role right now and what he's doing. But um, I don't know. It, it's so hard to say because I really feel we we should have 
won a few of those games that we lost. Yeah, there were some close ones for sure. Boise State, not close, but kind of the end of the road there. The only reason I bring up Taysom Hill is because BYU is yet to win without him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm with you and, and, and Brian. It starts with defense. It really does. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And, and, and I, I like what Coach Mendenhall tried to do, um, Harvey, last week with trying to take over the defense and, and kind of yeah. really didn't work. And my biggest thing is, is not seeing that desire and that, that want to from the guys. You know, if you're, if you're Coach Mendenhall and, and you're Coach Howe on the defensive side, how do you get, you know, light that fire back in those guys uh, with, with such a disappointing season so far? Um, man, be, you, know, you know just as well as I do, it, it, it's hard to do that if the guys don't want that. Um, and, and to be a coach and, and try to do that, it, it's, it, it's honestly dang near impossible. If, if they, like I said, if the guys don't want it, so for them to try to generate some sort of momentum, some sort of swing, really it, it boils down to those guys just making plays on the field and and building from there. Because right now it's, I mean, they're in the slums. Let's be honest. They, these guys are they're frustrated. They're mad. Um, things just haven't been going their way. Um, and and I think when I don't know when things start to turn around defensively and and they get lucky breaks here and there. Um, and then, you know, they execute the defense how they're supposed to. Um, really, then I feel like they'll start to buy into it. The coaches don't have to be the rah-rah coach or whatever um, to try to get them motivated. I think it starts to genuinely build inside of them themselves. And then, you know, it shows that on the field after that. But um, I don't know, man. You, you know how it is. It's hard if things aren't going right, even if a coach wants to be that cheerleader out there, it, it's still hard for guys to really believe in themselves if, if things aren't going their way. Yeah, I've always I've always said the same thing. You know, it's it's really hard if if, if the coaches have done everything they can. Really, you got to put it on the players. And yeah. and I remember there were some times in in 2009 when when we played, and we've had some some disappointing losses to you know Florida State and and TCU. Yeah. I think I remember TCU was was a big turnaround for us and. There was really no coaches giving us pep talks or, or motivating us. It was, you know, you guys, you know, you, Max, Scott Johnson, Dennis Pitta that, that turned it around. But I don't really see that with these guys. you see anybody yeah. that can emerge as that leader that doesn't need to, to get the okay from Coach Mendenhall, doesn't need Coach Mendenhall to bring him to their office and they could just do it on their own? I feel like they've got those guys. I mean, you, you take a kid like Jamal, who I know we keep saying, oh, he's so young and this and that, but really think about it. The kid's a, he's a junior this year. He's a junior yeah. and a half. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So so in, in my perspective, I think, unfortunately, we've put this bubble around him, like, oh, he's too young, he's only this many years old, whatever. But in reality, the, the kid has been off the field when he's out there. So, yeah. You know, take it from a guy like Jamal or um, defensively, like who doesn't look up to Craig Bills? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like whether he's on the field or off the field, I, I think he still has an impact on the team um, as well as Taysom. Um, and then even a guy like Bronson, who, whom is a phenomenal athlete. The, the kid's a stud. Um, unfortunately, has, has been a little quiet recently. Mm-hmm. But you can you can take guys like that and, and, and help them grow and help – you know, build their confidence, and and when those type of players have confidence in themselves and play, you know, the the, the way that we know that they can play and the way that they know they can play, it it totally changes momentum, like you said. Because to be honest, we Brian, you and I have been through this slump, 
and nothing against Coach Hill, but we had you know we had the same situation where we had a D coordinator who wasn't cutting it, yep. and it was on really it was on us players to take it on ourselves to really change, you know what we were doing wrong and 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 help each other out and build each other. Yeah, and and so I'm hoping that these guys can you know find the same in themselves and and help each other out and and you know turn the season around regardless of the coaching staff or whatever excuses that people want to come up with. Harvey Unga, the all-time leading rusher in BYU history, is on BYU Sports Nation. BYU two-thirds of the way uh, through the season, eight games in. At this point, can you do what you're talking about? Can BYU find a way to ignite themselves from the players? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and and this is, it's really random, but I, um, unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't get to serve a mission. And, and this is, like I said, it's really random, but I'm sure those guys that have served missions have been through crap and have been through so much adversity while they were out there on their two-year, you know, mission stuff that they understand how to come back from adversity. They understand how to overcome, um, you know, trials and tribulations and and hard times. And so when when you got a bunch of guys that are that mature that have been through something like that, um, you know, use I, I would use those experiences to help the team grow to help them overcome the slump that they're in mm-hmm. um, and, and to be mature enough to, to take it on themselves instead of sit there and then blame the coaches or, or whomever they think is, is to blame for that matter. Um, I totally think they can change things and um, they're very, you know, they're very capable of it. They're all mature young men and um, it, you know, there's, there's still a good, good chunk of the season left to play. BYU had a players only meeting last week. And Taysom Hill came into that meeting for the first time and embraced the team. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if motivationally uh, the BYU is in the right place. We heard from Michael Lisa. I, th- I was encouraged by all of that. Bronco Mendenhall took over the defense. BYU just wasn't good enough against Boise State. They just weren't. And sometimes that happens. But Middle Tennessee is not Boise State, and that's, that's the good news. I do want to mention this. When, when people talk about BYU's mission advantage, can we? Can BYU send out an official memo with letterhead right now that says BYU's four and four has lost four in a row? What advantage is it? <laughs> what advantage is it? Because yeah, yeah. it's not working. If that's the case, but I think you're right, Harvey. There are there are experiences you can draw on, but the at the end of the day, BYU's going to have to be better than Middle Tennessee on the field, and they are right. on paper. But I, I I'm concerned for tomorrow's game. Well, and. and- I totally agree with you on that, but unfortunately, with with some other teams, they're better than those other teams on paper. Yeah. But yeah. for some odd reason, those other teams seem to have just a record-breaking day or a career day for certain players. So, um, you you can sit there and look at the the numbers and everything like that, but football is so it, it's so unpredictable. You have no idea what's going to happen, and that you know that's one of the great things about it is you know. They, like I said, BYU could totally change things around, and luck may just swing their way these, you know, last couple games, um, or it may not. Un- unfortunately, that's how it goes. But you know, we'll, we'll take it as it is, and, and, and statistically, hopefully, you know, we uh, we take it to Middle Tennessee. But it's it's definitely, you know, obviously up to those guys that are playing on in the field to really come together and, and change things around. Harvey's right. They did turn things around. Three-game win streak, bowl eligible, all that happened. All they needed was a pep talk. All they needed was Middle Tennessee, UNLV, and Smith State. (laughs) Coming up, Miami Beach Bowl Executive Director Carlos Padilla. Get your white pants ready. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. We are in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, wherever and however you're dialed in. Hope you're enjoying family, food, and football, of course, on this day. After BYU and Cal's football game Saturday, the men's hoops team has a basketball game as well. 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, BYU is taking on Eastern Kentucky Wow! in the Marriott Center. I repeat, Eastern Kentucky in the Marriott <laughs> Center, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio 9.30 Eastern. Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, that team is coming to Provo, Utah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the day. Can you name the mascot? Eastern Kentucky? No. Neither can I. I'm going to look it up now. <laughs> After BYU beat UNLV in football, the Cougars became bowl eligible. Carlos the Padilla. Colonels. The Colonels. Okay, the yep. Eastern Kentucky Colonels. Yep. Carlos Padilla, director of the Miami Beach Bowl, came to the game, flew from Miami that morning, gave the official invite, which is on BYU Sports Nation set now in the form of this helmet. And uh, we talked to Carlos about his trip to Provo and the awesome setup awaiting the Cougars at South Beach in a few weeks. You hop on a plane from Miami Saturday morning, get to Provo, watch the game. It's a frigid night. you got to get back on a plane on Sunday morning and go back to South Beach. How was the 24 hours or so that uh, you spent in Utah? Well, I spent 17 hours 17. in the air, but I can tell you that when I landed, I mean, it is absolutely beautiful out there. I don't know what took me so long to, to come out there, but like I said on Saturday, you don't have to twist my arm. I'm, anytime you guys want me back, I will be there, but it's absolutely beautiful. You know, I mean, coming from the state of Florida, I was Florida I'm a Florida boy born and raised. You know, it's a very flat state. Um, you know, we have the beaches is, is, is kind of, you know, what we lean on here. But, you know, landing in, in Salt Lake and making that 45-minute drive to Provo was just absolutely beautiful. You know, if it wasn't so dangerous to take pictures while driving, I probably would have done that. You know, it's just uh, absolutely gorgeous. You know, I pulled into the hotel and I, I got cleaned up and headed over to the stadium. Just the backdrop of what you guys have there at that stadium is just absolutely beautiful. And just the energy of the fans and, uh, you know, the hospitality was great. You know, I've, I've, had, I've been very fortunate in my career to travel around to different stadiums across the country and, and, and visit with the fans and visit with the administrators and staff. And I can tell you that everybody there was top-notch, uh, classy, everybody from the fans, the parking attendant, um, the people at, you know, at the gate that let me in with the credential. I mean, just very, very great experience from soup to nuts and uh, had a blast. You know, I went into the locker room after the game and, and sat there with, you know, with the team and Bronco and just everybody was fantastic. It was a great experience. Carlos Padilla, executive director of the Miami Beach Bowl on BYU Sports Nation. Let's uh, you, you bring up the matchup. BYU matched up with an American Conference team, and uh, there are a few options out there. Some some pieces still have to fall into place, obviously. But thinking about the prospect of BYU Cincinnati or BYU East Carolina, perhaps BYU Memphis, like the the matchup looks like a really good one for the inaugural year of the Bowl. It does. It does. You know, I mean, uh, there's one thing that you know we try not to get into too much in the in the bowl business, and that's trying to predict who's going to end up in the game. And I mean, just like you can sit back as a fan and listen. At the end of the day, I'm a college football fan as big as anybody. Um, you know, you try to kind of see and you, you look at it and say, okay, who would be a good fit? You know, who who possibly um, you know could be playing in the game this year? Try not to get too much into the the prediction of who it will be. But we do at the same time try to map it out and see. Uh, from a logistics standpoint, you know, which conversations do you want to start having early on? And, and there's some great, you know, great teams in the American Athletic Conference and a lot of parity at the top there. I mean, if you look, you know, at the conference in the top half, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of teams within one win of each other. So, um, you know, East Carolina's a great team, a high-powered offense. Um, 
you know, they're really, really entertaining to watch. I think that would be a great matchup for you guys. Um, you know, you look at Cincinnati and what Tommy Tuberville has been able to do in a very short amount of time there. Um, you know, that would be a, a great matchup as well. And, you know, you look at it from the – the uh, the ground level here in Miami. I mean, you know, Cincinnati travels pretty well. It's pretty cold, just like you guys. You know, that time of year yeah. um, up there. So you know, they're they're attractive as well. Memphis, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, it's remarkable what they've done at Memphis in that turnaround. I believe their last game that they played in from a bowl game standpoint was in 2008, and that was actually my first year um, in St. Petersburg with the Beefo Brady's Bowl. So all three of them, I believe, would match up really well with you guys. Um, you know, right now it's kind of at the point where we just sit back and relax and try to enjoy the show, and uh, we'll see what happens comes December 6th on Bowl Selection Sunday. I am going to root for East Carolina right now. I'm the, I'm the <laughs> biggest fan. I want that matchup. That, that's, that is most intriguing for me. Carlos, we talked a little bit on set uh, on Countdown to Kickoff about the gifts, and just for the fans that, that weren't able to, to hear uh, what you guys have in store for these, for these players – Please, please, I'm huge with swag and the, and the bowl game gifts. Please just give them a little bit of a taste of what these guys can expect uh, by, w- w- when they arrive in, in Miami. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, we, one of the things we do, and I don't think people realize, like when it comes to gifts, we purchase a lot of gifts for, for the teams. But it's not just for the team specifically. You know, the, uh, the coaches and the coaches' wives will receive gifts. You know, they'll be waiting for them in the room when they get to their hotel rooms. Nice. And even some of the, uh, the kids – from the athletic administrators and the staffs there at, at both universities will receive gifts as well. But in regards to the team gifts, I mean, we, we always like to think of those as being the, you know, the coolest gifts. You know, this year we're looking at doing a, an Oakley backpack uh, for the players, a really nice, trendy um, backpack that, you know, we, we kind of got some feedback from a bunch of different vendors and what's, what's popular right now with, with, uh, with student-athletes across the country. And this one style of bag that, that we purchased for the players seems to be a pretty hot item, so we hope they'll be excited about that. We're also going to do some sunglasses for the players. You know, listen, it's, it's going to be bright and sunny down here when you guys come, so That's right. you know, we, need, we need something so your eyes can kind of rest easy a little <laughs> bit when you're here. You know, it's, uh, we're trying to take care of you in that regard. We're also going to do a visor. Uh, for the guys to wear whenever they're in town. And then, uh, you know, in addition to that, we're trying to figure out our electronic gift item right now. You know, we're potential of maybe doing a GoPro or okay. some noise-canceling yes. headphones, something along those lines. So still in the process on that, on that side of it a little bit. And, then, you know, we'll be passing out beach towels with the bowl logo on it for everybody to take back home. So uh, it'll be a nice little setup for, for the entire week. We'll have the whole thing set up and ready for the guys when they, get in, when they get in town here. Talking with Carlos Padilla, the executive director of the inaugural Miami Beach Bowl a uh, fantastic experience from what we can tell uh, lined up for the Cougars as they head down to South Beach to take on a team from the American Athletic Conference 34 days away. You can get all of the information on the website, MiamiBeachBowl.com. Is there anywhere else that uh, fans need to go to get the 411 on the Miami Beach Bowl, Carlos? You know what? I mean, you can pretty much all the information you need, you're going to be able to find on the website. And, and if, as you kind of dig into the website a little bit, you can. You can find some links to the Marlins Park website. That'll give you guys a little more uh, direction on where to park on game day. Um, and, and, you know, certain lots are set up for tailgating. There's a lot of parking garages that Marlins Park uses, so obviously you can't do the tailgating in there. So, you know, if you're a fan looking to come to the game, I would certainly go to the Marlins Park website. But, again, you can access that through our website. Uh, there's also a hotels page with our partner hotels um, on the website, which has a direct link right to those hotels, so you can go ahead and book your room. So, um, we, you know, we try to have a pretty robust website, so we can give you all the information we need. But uh, certainly you can, you can find a uh, majority of it right there on the website. Carlos, can the fans find out what time, when, and where the beach party is going <laughs> to take place? <laughs> 
Sure, yes, that's on the website as well. Um, you know, right there at the top of the website, you'll see different links to everything, and, and one of them is Bowl Game Events, and it has the entire list and the whole slew of events that are going on in Bowl Week, which ones are open to the public, which ones require a, um, a ticket for purchase, and then which ones are, are exclusive um, to the teams only. So you should be able to get on there, find everything you need, and uh, come join the team. I mean, we, we want the fans to come in town every single day. I believe you guys are going to arrive on uh, that Thursday the 18th or possibly even coming on Wednesday the 17th, and the game obviously being on Monday. I mean, the more fans that come, the longer they stay, I promise you, the more fun they'll have. So we, we encourage everybody to do that. Yeah, I heard that uh, Jerem was going to be uh, the DJ for that party. <laughs> hey, you know what? Let's throw him up there. We'll give him a shot. Spencer will be in his white pants. We'll have Jerem up there spin, doing the ones and twos. It'll, uh, it'll be a good time. That's right. <laughs> I can spin it like no other. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I heard you talking about you know wearing Bermudas. You're not getting out of those white pants. I told, <laughs> no. you, that. I told you that on Saturday. Okay. Hey, the white pants are, are a regular fix in my wardrobe. That's for man. the party, man. You guys whip that one out for the party. I wear them in Utah in November and December. Let's talk about Marlins Park. BYU playing in a base Stadium for the second straight year. They played at AT&T Park in San Francisco last year in the fight Hunger Bowl. Now they have the opportunity to go to Marlins Park, which is from the pictures. I've never been there, but it just looks spectacular. Tell us about the dimensions and the dynamic of playing at Marlins Park. Sure. Marlins Park, I tell you, you know, we're very fortunate to have our offices actually here in the park. Uh, we work here on a daily basis, so we literally look at ourselves as an extension of the Marlins uh, Marlins staff here, you know, which is a very good thing. I mean, these guys and the operations staff here and Claude Delorme and his entire team um, here at Marlins Park are fantastic, and, and, and we're very, again, once again, very fortunate for that. So it's a beautiful stadium. It's LEED certified, three years old, retractable roof. Obviously, we expect the roof to be open nice. um, on game day. And, and as you're sitting in the stands and you get more towards the upper part of that first level and you look out over what would be center field if it's configured for baseball, there's actually a huge, large three-story window that, that opens up and looks down into the, uh, the skyline of downtown Miami. Oh, Just a beautiful, beautiful nice. view. Brings in a wonderful breeze uh, for game day. And again, we're anticipating in that 75-degree um, weather range there on game day, so it should be very nice for the fans. And as far as its configuration, so if you look at it like a baseball stadium, obviously, which it is, you know, home plate to third base is basically one end zone, and then right field being uh, the other end zone. You know, the, the, we don't have to put both teams on the same sides like you guys experienced in San Francisco. Oh, nice. Uh, each team is going to have their own side. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times when people think about a football game in a baseball stadium, what they don't understand and what they, what they really have a hard time grasping until they come on game day is that it's much different than a football stadium, uh, you know, in the seat configuration side of it. So if you're sitting in the third deck at a football stadium, at many football stadiums, you are far away from the field and you are very high. Right. This baseball stadium is much different. It seats around 35,000 for baseball. You know, it's, it's about half the size of, of what an average uh, football stadium is. So when you're sitting in the third deck, you're not that far away from the field. I mean, these, these, these sections and these levels are actually stacked on top of each other. They don't go backwards away from the field. So if you're sitting in that third level, even the second level, you're right on top of the field. It's a great configuration, a very intimate setting, and a beautiful ballpark. Carlos is a really good dude. He doesn't mess around. Okay, he does. He lives in Miami. Let's Miami, be honest. Yeah, Miami Beach. What, the setup for those guys? Oh, that's going to be awesome. East Carolina, Cincinnati. Yes, please. I'll take either team. Up next, BYU basketball assistant coach Tim Lacombe. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. 
we are still broadcasting on the holiday in Radio Vision. Countdown to kickoff is Saturday at 3.30 Eastern Time, BYU and Cal. Live from Berkeley and Provo. You'll, you'll be in Berkeley. The boys will be here in Provo. Should be exciting. BYU's regular season finale. Countdown to kickoff, 3.30 Eastern Saturday. What should I do when I'm in Berkeley? That's for you to figure out. Okay, very good. I will do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll think about it. United States Olympian Kate Hansen. We were lucky enough to have her on set filling in for you, Jerem. And uh, we talked to what Tim a privilege Le- for her. <laughs> we talked to Tim Lacombe, BYU basketball assistant coach, about the ongoing debate of when it's appropriate to start listening to Christmas music mm. before Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving. Here's how that went down. It's great debate going about Christmas music. Okay. Yeah. When is it okay to start listening to Christmas music? You have taken one side, said after Thanksgiving. Tyler Haas says it's never too early. Kate listens to Christmas music year round. Definitely. Wow. We can still be friends, though. We can be friends. Yeah. I, it's fine. I, I just am, I, you know, I don't know why. I just have, I just put up a little barrier on Christmas music. <laughs> I think there's so much good music, you know. I, I'm a big rock guy, so I listen to rock a lot, and that's year round for me. But Christmas has to come after Thanksgiving. Are you like a like ACDC, Guns N' Roses? Or oh, yeah. Like, a... like 80s hair metal. Oh, yeah. you were one of those. I was one of those. Front row. That's right. I still am, actually, when they come to town. They're older. I'm older. But we're still rocking. Big hair band guy. Absolutely. That's my deal. <laughs> we like that. Thank you. Kate, you want to talk some trash about why Christmas music is well, a year-round thing? I mean, they were prepping me for this because they say you're really witty, so I'm really nervous because <laughs> <laughs> you're on your game. But I just need to... A- I'll say it once and for all. Mariah Carey is just too good to only give her a month. But, I, but my point is I think you can get Mariah Carey in a different genre <laughs> and be just fine. Um, I think it's unfair to Halloween. It's unfair to Thanksgiving. And they have feelings too. I, and if we're, we're going to personalize holidays, I think we should give them their due credence. I think that's valid. But like Monster Mash can only be played so many times, you know? Yeah, I, that's fine. But I Maybe just, if like... I don't know. Maybe if the Rat Pack came out with like a Halloween album, like, <laughs> See, let's the problem, chat then. The problem with social media is I just I put a witty thing out there for Ty, and it becomes fodder for the whole Cougar Nation. Right? <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, he sent it to you and I yesterday when we were talking. Yeah, about Yeah, I said, saw that. You know, fine. I got hit from a lot of different places. I, there are a lot of people that feel like you do, Kate. You know, I just More say it all the time. Feel like I do. You just got to forget the haters. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Do your thing. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like you're in the Olympics and you feel like dancing. You just dance. Yeah. You know? right? right. Self-expression. Right. Hashtag self <laughs> BYU basketball assistant coach Tim McComb and guest host Kate Hansen on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, now that we've, we've well, at least talked about the great Christmas music debate, let's talk about basketball. All right. Great news yesterday. Kyle Collinsworth cleared to play and go full speed. How much is he going to play tomorrow night against Seattle Pacific in an exhibition scenario? I think the main thing we want to do is get him out there. We want to give him an opportunity to run up and down. It's one thing. He's been in practice. He's been able to practice, and, and he's been able to go for entire practices. But once you get out there in front of a crowd and, you know, your wind goes a little quicker, just want to get him to a good feel for I, – I don't know exactly the, the parameters on what his minutes will be. Yeah. But to be able to get him in a game prior to getting to Long Beach State next week will be really, really important. So – we're gonna we're gonna give him a, a good share of minutes and see see how he goes and uh, obviously this whole deal has been kind of on the doctors and Kyle's time frame and we're just we've been really uh, flexible about working with it and to have him back this early and to have him back this effective already is really really great so we'll stay with what what we've been doing. 
Katie and I have been talking about this fine line because she's gone through some pretty significant injuries in her athletic career, and, and now Kyle goes through an ACL, and it has only been eight months. So you walk this delicate line of, well, how much can we really expect from him after such a significant injury? What's the mentality of Kyle right now as, as he deals with, with how much he can really push? His, his mentality from the very beginning has been one of just perseverance and resolve. You know, right after a surgery, our staff went over to the house to see him. And, you know, it was kind of right then that he was like, I'm, I set a goal. I'm going to be back for the first game. I'm going to do whatever it takes. He's really kind of taken on uh, like a real fanatical nutrition plan um, and a weight room. He's been in the weight room nonstop. And those two things and then flexibility and all that stuff has really helped his confidence. And so his mindset is no different right now than it was right after he got hurt. And that is, hey, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back all the way. Um, he has had zero hiccups or setbacks. Do you have any wood I can for Micah? <laughs> um, kind of superstitious. I'm not, I'm I would knock on my own too. head, but um, anyway, he's he's doing really really well. His confidence is 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 the key, and his confidence is really good in the knee, uh, and in his his abilities and his teammates see that, and uh, they I think they help bolster his confidence too. Confidence, mental. That's yeah, right. It's, it's huge. We, we talked about yeah. the mental aspect. It's big. I, it's all of it. It's like it's ninety percent of it for yeah. sure. I what? still like he'll fly and you know he'll get a steal and go down in practice and go up you know and there's some guy will kind of be running to maybe contest it and I I want to get out there and like blow the whistle and stop it because I I mean I'm still a little bit leery right now of something but he's like from the time he started playing he's just been all out and all and if he's full go we got that final kind of word yesterday so. Let's let's go, man. He's he's a huge part of why we, we we've been good, and uh, we need him to be really good this year. I know Nate Austin's been uh, hampered with some some back problems as well. Is he going to play tomorrow? Um, I don't know that Nate will play tomorrow. He's he's actually been um, he's been doing some things in practice, so he's not been completely out. Okay, but I think he'll probably. I, I haven't heard the final word, but I wouldn't expect Nate to play. You can tell Nate that we are proudly. Still repping his huge shoe on the front shoe? of our set. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I'm not going to get anywhere near it with my nose. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. You know what Nate dressed up for Halloween, speaking of holidays? What? He's big on Halloween, isn't he? Yeah, last year he was Ronald McDonald. It was the scariest Ronald McDonald I've ever seen. <laughs> he topped it this year. He was a 6'11 Santa Claus. <laughs> and he walked in with the bells and the whole deal. It was it was not a fun sight. He's not afraid to celebrate Christmas early, right? Yeah, he doesn't mess around. Right. Yeah. Christmas music is – yeah, I can see that with Nate Austin, though. That's that's not a surprise. Yeah, he's fun. You and I talked about this after uh, the BYU basketball tip-off. When it comes to coordinators, like with football, there's like the defensive coordinator and the offense coordinator and the quarterback's coach. With basketball, those roles aren't so technically defined. On this BYU basketball coaching staff, who who is the offensive coordinator and and the defensive coordinator and, and the specialists? So, <clears throat> coach obviously runs the whole program and oversees everything and has got final right of refusal, you know, for whatever we put in or whatever we uh, work on. So, coach is obviously over it all. Um, emphasize Terry's emphasis is kind of uh, the offensive side. And, you know, Mark's kind of head, heads up the defensive side. And I kind of jump around, help. Um, I, I kind of specialize. So when we play someone, I'm kind of working on personnel. So Mark will work on kind of schemes and X's and O's for what we're seeing. And I'll spend a ton of time watching personnel and watching what, what does a guy do really, really well that 
you know, to give our guys a heads up. These are the things we got to take away. So in tandem, we kind of put the game plan together, offensive, defense, personnel. Um, and then my kind of area where, that I'm kind of in charge of is recruiting. So between all of it, it's one big happy family, and we're all working together, but we've all got kind of areas that we work How on. How much game tape do you watch on an annual basis? <laughs> it's so crazy. My, In fact, my my wife the other night, you know, my place, I've got a, a live, in the living room, I've got an ottoman, and I have some kind of game on TV that I'm hardly watching. I'm, you know, working on my computer on the film. And so I walked down the other night to start working on Seattle Pacific, and she's like, man, it's the season again because – you're right back on that thing. I, I, I couldn't tell you, but it's a lot. We all watch a lot of tape, uh, and we love it. That's why we do it. Do you kiss your wife goodbye in, like, September and say, hey, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll check back in, like, April? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's like I always say it's like going down in the cave. You know, we, this time of year we, we're around, but we're not really around. So um, we wouldn't choose to do anything else. It's what we love to do, but it's busy. There's a lot, a lot going on. Kate knows a thing or two about that. You mentioned the five-year companion. Listen to this, okay? okay. <laughs> so her Olympic loose team, she compared it to like a five-year mission. You're stuck with the same people for five years. Yeah. Well, that was being modest. I started when I was 10, so it's actually been about 10 years, but it's a lot, a lot of time. So, I get, But it's I bet it's the same with your basketball team. I mean, they train. They don't all live together, but. No, but we are together a lot. Yeah. You know, we do get little breaks It's a here family. There. Sometimes it's a family. you want to punch them in the face, but sometimes you just want to give them a hug. Right. And, and it's not always, you know, it's not always fun and roses and all that but at the end of the day um when you win or when you have success yeah it's the best who has been the biggest surprise for you uh, in terms of the newcomers i know they're the very talented freshman class you're playing with you know 17 guys who's who's been the surprise player where you're like wow they showed up and they were they were ready to go um i think all our guys all the new guys really bought in we have a really great strength and conditioning coach in bob medina and they all came to start working with him, you know, as soon as they could. Um, these young guys really kind of changed their bodies. And I'd probably say, you know, Ryan Andrus, Dalton Nixon, uh, and uh, Jake Toulson came in. And they're they boys, you know, they're coming in, they're young guys. They, they're trying to come in. And this is a, a high-level men's game uh, when you get right to the, to, to the nuts and bolts. And these guys have done really, really good. Uh, acclimating their bodies and getting ready to go. Another guy who's been really, really good, I think getting home last year for Isaac Nielsen in January and practicing with us for a couple months was huge. And Isaac's been, he's been really solid. That dude can shoot it, man. Yeah, he's been really good. He had 10 rebounds the other night. Um, The understanding and feel for the game's really improved over the last, uh, you know, few months. And I'm excited. Corbin's a guy who athletically, blows my mind on a daily basis he does something you know never i never blocked a shot with my elbow he does it all, <laughs> he does it all the time um how would it be yeah it'd be it'd be awesome wouldn't it so i'm just excited generally about the group itself i think coach rose's programs the teams have always been the strength and i think that's where we are this year i love the ball movement i love the unselfishness uh, i love our tenacity and competitiveness so it should be a fun year BYU assistant basketball coach Tim Lacombe on BYU Sports Nation. You can see him in action on the sideline. Do you have an action pose? You know? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the, finger, the finger to Pensive. the mouth. You know Pensive. what I'm gonna, I'm really trying to do this year? I'm really trying to cut the referees some slack. That's my goal. So if if anybody sees me getting a little too out of hand with that, let me know. But Good luck with that, man. That's like the impossible task as yeah. a coach. Yeah. I admire you for that goal. Thank you. That's an honest – 
honest goal. No, it is. It's, wow. It's I've something never heard I'm, that before. Yeah. I, I mean, I need to do a better job of that, so that's my goal. You're a saint. <laughs> You're a saint. Hey, Kate, I'm far from that. You're you can tell saint. you just met me today. I've never heard a coach. Wow. Imp- I'm impressed. That's unreal. Thank you. He you, also have, has, you guys have, you don't have officials you got to yell at, right? You just uh, do we your got thing. a few. Well, we got coaches. Oh, okay. That they're kind of. But nobody, there's no official that's messing up the ice for you on your way down or anything? Well, no, not quite like that. But there's stuff, there's people that will mess with your equipment. And okay. then in that case, you got to give them a few words. I like but it. Usually you just stick to yourself. The competitive nature is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it is cool. I love it. Tim Lacombe and the Cougars just wrapped up a trip to the Maui Invitational. Now they take on Eastern, sorry, Eastern Kentucky Saturday at the Marriott Center. Now everyone can listen to Christmas music. (laughs) You catch that game on BYU TV. We're back after this. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back to the show. We are in Radio Vision on Thanksgiving Day. And don't forget, Countdown to Kickoff comes up Saturday, 3.30 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. This one's easy. The Squanto. The Pilgrims. <laughs> the Pilgrims, yes. It goes and, to the And Squanto. <laughs> and all the Native Americans, everyone involved in that original Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Sacagawea to some degree. <laughs> Sacagawea had nothing to do with Thanksgiving. <laughs> Pocahontas, too? You okay. want to make any other everybody. stereotypical references? It's a fantastic holiday, okay? No, it is. We'll it's just, great. We'll just leave it at that. It's great. What are you going to do in Berkeley? I've decided You're that... You're going to go to a movie? You're going to go to the Bay I'm Area? I'm going to go to a movie. I need hey, to go to a movie at some point. San yep, Fran? I'm, I'm going to be the, the, the alone guy. Yep, going to a movie. <laughs> Been there, done that in Vegas when two years ago when you weren't here. <laughs> so while you're at home enjoying Black Friday, I will be in Berkeley. That's okay. Football on the road. BYU chance to get to eight wins, potentially nine. I'll tell you where I'm not going to be on Friday morning. Walmart. Oh. Thanks to our guests and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand, as always, on BYUSportsNation.com and BYUTV.org slash DDR. For the Jerem Jordan, Esther. I am Spencer Linton. Here's the shout-out to Squanto, bro. There we go. It's BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern.